Y'all get tired of hearing people talk? Y'all ever get tired of hearing people talk? Can I ask y'all a real pointed question? Y'all ever get here, get tired of hearing me talk? You're lying like a dog right here in church. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something to y'all. I get tired of hearing myself talk. If my sister was here tonight, she'd have said amen. I promise you that. Love my sis. All right. Would you open your precious Bible tonight to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. The subject tonight's prayer. Prayer. I'm going to fair warn you. How many of you listen to the podcast? You listen to the podcast? Blessing from the Valley podcast. It comes out on Tuesday and Thursday. They're about 12 minutes. I just give a principle from the Word of God, a principle or a promise. It's just a very short shot in the arm, spiritually speaking. I try to do series on that, just different thoughts. And so I'm going to just tell you straight up, tonight I did podcasts for tomorrow and the next week. And uh, this is the same message. Um, there might be a little bit of different variation, but this is what I wanted to just give today. wanted to um, give tonight. And I just believe it's exactly what I need. And I feel like if God helps me with something, he can help you with something. How I many would y'all agree? And I've always tried. If it doesn't speak to me, there's no point in trying to let the Lord speak to you about it. But I know he spoke to me and helped me with this. First Timothy chapter 2. Let's look at verse First Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. I exhort, and I want you to listen to the wording now. On every word, every jot, tittle, every, every, every word is inspired of God. I exhort, therefore, that first of all. That's not a minimal statement. That first of all. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and... Seems like a little out of place... And giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus and all God's people said. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time? Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us tonight, take your word, minister to our hearts, help us to apply it where we need it. Thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you that you've given some powerful instruction here, first of all. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. This is some wonderful instruction here. When I think about this, um, we get a hold of this, it'll change our lives. And as I even... Did this on the podcast, shared this on the podcast today. Uh, this is what I've picked up from this. I, I love the fact that the Apostle Paul loved Timothy. He was his son in the faith. He's trying to help this young man, help churches. And so he's given some instructions here to help 
a young pastor and a church and a group of people, which we know to be Christians, how to handle and deal with problems, sorrow, heartaches, and when things don't quite seem to be exactly the way we think they should be. Now you say, Pastor, how do you get all of that? Well, uh, we, we see that he's trying to help this church uh, because how, how are Christians supposed to respond to trouble? How are Christians supposed to respond to sorrow? How is Christians supposed to respond when they live in a country and things aren't going exactly the way we want them to go? How are we supposed to respond when we might have leadership that we not agree with? By the way, I'm going to talk about this later, but verse 2 says, For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, peaceful life. But prior to that, God says we're to be in prayer. Now when I think about this, how are Christians supposed to respond to problems and trouble? For instance, it, externally, external problems. Alright, well, here's external problems. Here they're dealing with. Now, now just stay with me a minute. Because he mentions in verse 2 for kings. Now you know who at the very time that this little epistle was written. Who was in leadership and they were in, they were in the Roman Empire. And the most powerful empire of the then known world. And it just happened to be one of the most evil leaders ever by the name of Nero. Nero was so evil that he even caused a fire in Rome, burned some of Rome down just to blame it on the Christians so he could persecute them. As Nero hated and despised Christians so much that he was persecuting them, we know historically that he would put them in the arena with lions and defenseless, put them up against gladiators for, for, for laugh, for, for, for entertainment. We also know that he was so evil that he would light his parties and some of his life of debauchery by hanging Christians on stakes and lighting them and using them as human torches. Now this is the man that is in charge and in power in this day. So when God says, look, I'm trying to help this pastor in this church and a group of Christians to deal with things that's not quite what they would like, he's dealing with an external problem. Then he deals with an internal problem. They deal with an internal problem here in chapter 1. If you notice the very last two verses, the Bible says in verse 19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now that's a problem. Here's two people that's causing problems. This is internally. These are people that are causing problems in an internal way. They are preaching obviously something wrong. Causing people to destroy their lives. Even as far as to say that they've even caused some to shipwreck. This is a problem. Then if you think about personal problems that these Christians and this pastor is dealing with. So I love the wording in verse 1 of chapter 2. So after all of these problems, external, internal, personal, how are Christians supposed to respond to those problems, that struggle, that heartache, that circumstance? Look at verse 1. So it's clear. First of all. 
Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? That, I, I'm an old dumb boy from West Virginia. I like something when it's just clear and simple and you don't talk in code. I mean, God mentions no words here. He says, look, you're dealing with problems. You're dealing with some things. So how am I going to instruct you to deal and to handle those things that come up in your life? Very simple. I exhort, therefore, that first of all. In other words, first things first. That's it. How are we supposed? Now, notice he didn't say, all right, now, here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to hedge, put your head in the sand as a Christian. First of all, here's what I'm going to instruct you and your church to do. When you're dealing with all of these situations, these problems, here's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to tell everybody how unfair it is. He didn't say here in this, the first thing that I want you to do is that government up there, I'm telling you right now, Nero's killing our people. He's killing Christians. He's persecuting you. Y'all go get your weapons. Go get your bows and arrows. If we was in this day, go get your, hey, praise God, go get your AKs and your AR-15. Somebody say amen. amen. Go get your shotguns and your deer rifles. And I'll tell you right now, go and resist this government. No, listen, church, that's not what he said. He said, first of all, how you respond to these problems, heartache, struggles, darkness, storms, disappointments, hurt. First of all, pray. And not only pray, I love how he says here and gives the different components of prayer. There's a lesson here. What's God's answer? It was not put your head in the sand. Not go and get vengeance on this government. Nero's persecuting. He says, no. He said, first of all, I want, I'm exhorting you that you, first of all, I want you to have supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Now, that's an amazing thing to me. Let's talk about the priority of prayer. When, when God says, first of all, that means that's top priority. Now, I don't know about y'all, but... This is going to be a little convicting. Let's play a little game. You don't have to say anything out loud, but let me just ask you a question. Is that the first thing you do? I know why nobody's shaking their head yes, because conviction's so thick in here. Now, I'm going to tell you what we do. We watch the news. We get all mad. And I'll tell you what I want to do. I go turn the television off, because if not, I'm going to throw a ball through it. Some of the silliness that's going on today... I mean, I'm going to be honest, I know some good old West Virginians that only have an 8th grade education and they worked in the coal mines that's smarter than some of that stuff we got up here in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I'm just being honest. And let me just say this, I say they're not smart, they know exactly what they're doing. If I'm an old, dumb old country boy from West Virginia and I realize, you know, I realize certain things, I can guarantee you with all the information they have, they know a whole lot more than I do. But I, I want to say, we can sit around and talk about it. But you know what God says? He said, pray for the kings. Here's a question. I don't know where you, how you feel about our government and our administration. But I'll tell you right now, what, if we're going to do what God tells us to do as Christians, first of all, we're going to pray for them. The priority of prayer. Now, let's look at the components of prayer. This really helped me as I kind of broke this down. He didn't just say pray. I want you to notice that first of all, supplication. I, I'm going to break these down and I hope these will be as helpful to you as they have been me as I've just studied on these. This word supplication comes from, 
It's springing forth from a need. It's coming from a burden in the very word supplication. There is a need that needs to be supplied. Something has to be supplied. There's a supplication going on in the fact that we realize that there is something taking place. And we cannot, we are not adequate enough to supply the need. So we go to the God of heaven who we know can supply the need. It comes from a great burden. It comes from out of a need. We recognize the inadequacy of the part of the one praying when we go to the Lord in supplication. We're recognizing there is a need and it needs to be supplied. I want you to think of this. In other words... We are addressing the only one that can supply the need. Let me give you, for instance, I happened, I was thankful, when little Stone had this stroke early on Thursday morning, I was probably there within the hour that he was at T.C. Thompson. I sat there and stood there and watched a mom and a dad that watched their son helplessly, that they had, they had no power, they had nothing that they could do to help their son. They realized that they were inadequate. They knew though that there was a need that their son needed. And so I know in that time, and I know I'm not even as, I'm just as pastor, but as I'm standing there, I feel helpless. I'm sitting there looking at this little boy that's so full of life. He's on a ventilator. He's not moving. And there's nothing that I can do. But I sat there and watched a mom and dad absolutely call out in supplication to the God in heaven that was the only one that could supply the need because we all knew we were inadequate. It comes from a burden. It comes from a need that we know something has to happen and we cannot do it. We realize inadequacy. So when we get to pray and, and this component of prayer, when we're giving supplication to the Lord, we are coming to a place that we know we are not adequate and He is. So He says, first of all, supplication. Second of all, prayer. Look at the list. In verse 1, I exhort therefore that first of all supplication, prayers. Now this is what's amazing. This refers to what we might would consider as worship. In other words, we exalt God's character. When we're praying, we should exalt who God is. We are recognizing that He is Almighty God. We are coming to the one that we know we are remembering His goodness. We are thanking Him for His greatness. We are thanking Him, coming to Him in prayer. We're coming with petitions and we're going to the great God of heaven that we know in times past has displayed goodness to us. We worship His character. We worship who He is. We recognize that He's sovereign. But in other words, here's what prayer means. We are going to a God. We are realizing that we are praying to a God that is more powerful, more able, and more capable, and bigger than any problem that we face. Pray. When we go to God in prayer, we're to go to Him. Look in verse number 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands what, without wrath and doubting. 
When we're truly praying to the God of heaven, we are going to the one that we know by faith is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. We are praising and praying for his goodness, for who he is, his character. And really we're worshiping who he is by what we know he is. But not only what we know he is, we know what he's done. Pray. No doubting. Realizing God. How many of y'all believe? How many of y'all believe God's bigger than any problem you have? Now let me tell y'all why we struggle there. Because we know that, but we don't feel like He is sometimes. Right? We don't feel like He is. I was standing there talking to Sarah today. Bless her heart. I'm telling you what, these are a mom and a dad, and they're going through some things. And I'll be honest, church, it's 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 encouraged me, it's moved me, it's touched me, it's it's done things to me. One of the things I'm encouraged about, you know, Sarah and them, they're trying to stay strong. But you know what? That's mom and dad. They're human. I thought of this as I was speaking to her. I said, listen now. The disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus Christ. They seen everything he did. They knew what he could do. And when the Lord asked them, you know, a question, they said, oh, Lord, we believe, but help mine what? Unbelief. See, I, I just said, now, Sarah, look, this is not like huge, but it helped me. I, I said, look, there's a line. Let's look at an invisible line here. We're talking about praying now. The Bible says we're to do it without doubting. Well, when you look at a line, if, we could, if I could draw a line up here tonight, if, if you had a, a dot here on this line and it ended right here, and this was complete unbelief, this, this right here, my hand, is complete unbelief. I mean, you absolutely have no belief. It's completely unbelief and then way over here or even right here you have this line and it stops and this is complete knowledge you absolutely know everything that you need to know so in this wide spectrum between complete unbelief absolutely no belief at all and then over here you don't have to believe you have complete knowledge listen to me anywhere between complete knowledge and disbelief is faith doesn't matter if it's right here. It might even be real close and you don't feel like God can answer that prayer. You don't feel like, but you're still, look at me. It's still faith. Anywhere along that line. If it's something you don't know and you absolutely are not completely in disbelief about. Anywhere in those two spectrum, you're still trusting God for it. Think about this, because there's times, it's not that we're giving up any belief or trusting God at all. It just doesn't feel good at that moment. Y'all know last Sunday, obviously, I was struggling. And I preached a message on lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's my life verse. I was driving by the church the other day, and I've seen it before. And you know, it's amazing when your own preaching convicts you. I was driving by the church the other day and Miss Sarah is sitting there in that hospital room tonight. She put up there on the front, she put a quote up and said, trust God even when you don't feel like it. And I said, who in the world said that? And then underneath it said, Pastor Mark Brown. It's like, what in the world was I thinking? I said, Lord, I didn't want to hear that right now because it just don't feel good to trust you. 
But you know what? I'll never forget that. Sunday night, I said that. Sarah was standing for me out there in the back. And she went like this. I said, I know. Boy, I said, that, you done got me. You convicted me with that. She said, I'll tell you what. She said, and then here's what's amazing. The other day, then Thursday hits. And she said, you know what, Pastor? I didn't realize it, but that statement was for me. We got to trust God even when we don't feel like it. You know why? Because we, when we offer up prayers to the God of heaven, I don't, hey, you might not know how, you may not know when, but I promise you this, he'll do it again. Why? Because of his goodness, because of who he is, because he's greater. He's greater than every problem we have. He's greater than every storm we have. He's greater than every hurt we have. He's greater than any sorrow that we struggle with. So we go to him in prayer. That's exactly what we're saying. You're bigger. Just like I had the group, I had them sing that the other day at the prayer meeting. Prayer is just as big as God is. Then look at this. And when I, anytime I hear intercession or intercession, I think of Larry Sexton. Brother Larry has a real burden to, to really tap in to intercessory prayer. But I want you to notice one of the components of this type of praying. He said, I want you, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, notice intercessions. Now, as I've done, and I'm sure Brother Larry has a whole lot more study on this to me, but you know what I picked up on this? And as I was studying a little bit, this is the route that I want to go with it. Here's what was amazing to me. This is the way I picked up on it. It kind of refers to like having an intimate relationship. In other words, stay with me just a second. It would be like a child. Like when I was a little boy, I would go up to my mom. And I was very close with my mom. She's in the nursery tonight. I was safe with my mom. Now my mom's back there. I thought she was in the nursery tonight. Hey, mom. I've always wanted to do that. You know, all them, all them, uh, all them, uh, boy, it's hot up here. All them, you know, professional, hey, mom, used to do it. Hey, mom. But I could imagine, you know, when I was a little boy, I had no problem going straight into my mom's room. I had no problem. I had no problem. I, ha I knew I had access to my mother at any moment of the day. She would drop whatever she was doing. No matter what she was doing, I could come boldly into her presence. You know why? Because she was my mama. Same with my dad. Of course, he worked. It was a little different. But I feel the same with my dad even today. If I was to walk in to my mother and my father's house, we have an intimate relationship. And here's the beautiful picture. When I was to go in, like a child would, ex would, would exchange with his father. Listen, we have a close, loving relationship. I can come boldly to my father and go to him on behalf of somebody else to intercede on somebody else's behalf. See, that's why I've asked our church. I don't want you to give up. The last two, the last two one calls is not because I like to hear my voice. I'm telling you, church, sometimes we hear like we say, oh, things are going well. We're getting some good news. So what we do is we back up on the prayer. No, we still need to be interceding for a little stone. We need to be going to our father boldly. Why? Because we ought to be having an intimate relationship with our father. He knows me. I know him. And so I know if I was to go to my mom or dad at any moment in my life and go and say, Hey, look, would you do this for so-and-so for me? My mother or father would intercede on that person's behalf because they love me. 
What a beautiful picture here that we can go boldly into the throne in the presence of God. And we can go to Him because of our intimate relationship that we have. Through the mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, we can go boldly. And we can go in and we can ask Him. And we can intercede for somebody else. It's a beautiful thing. I want you to get a hold of that picture, that, that intimate relationship. You're not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to walk into my mom and dad. I, you know, even as an adult, I, I've, I've came to my mother and all I can do, I can't even speak. I've just fallen on her in tears. It's that kind of relationship we talk about. Sometimes we don't even know how to pray, but the Spirit of God moans through us. We're going boldly to the throne of God because we have this intimate relationship. We're safe with Him. Intercession. But I want you to notice this. Now this seems a little out of place. In giving of thanks. Whoa, wait a minute God. You telling me I'm supposed to give thanks in the middle of a corrupt administration? Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Giving thanks. Right in the middle of it all. Right when it hurts. Right when it's the darkest. Right when you don't feel like it. We're supposed to thank Him. Thank Him for what? For who He is. <laughs> when problems and struggles come, it's so easy. To forget the good things. So easy. We don't see the little things. But God says when you come to me. And you're dealing with these things. That's unfair. Corrupt. Struggles. Storms. Problems. Hurts. He said first of all. Supplication. Prayer. Intercession. But wait a minute. Don't forget church. Don't forget brother Timothy. You better praise your way up out of there. Now y'all stay with me. Some people stay in the molly grub patch because they don't want to get out. It's amazing what praising will do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's amazing what praising will do. Hallelujah. I'm going to be honest with y'all. If y'all want the lowdown, let me just tell y'all something right now. Y'all want discouraged tonight. I can give y'all about a hundred things in about five minutes and I can discourage everybody here if y'all want to hear it. Y'all ready? Y'all want it? Y'all want that lowdown? Y'all want that dumped on y'all tonight? Really? Y'all want it? How many of y'all want to hear it? Well, it's amazing how it's funny. We live in a world where everybody getting on phones and stuff. They're trying to find out bad. They're trying to find gossip out. I wish I knew less. I wish I knew less. I'd be able to better my, bury my head on the pillow a whole lot. Here. But what I'm saying is I'm not bragging. I mean, I'm just telling you tonight. Listen, there are some people, the blessings are right smack dab in front of them. And they don't even want to see it. They've got blessings right there. And they don't even want to see it. It might be in a person. It might be in a place. It might be in whatever. 
They won't even see it. You know why? Because when things aren't going right, we always want to forget the good stuff and we want to major on the bad stuff. God says, first of all, once you're praying, supplicating, I want you interceding, but I want you not to forget to give thanks. Praise your way out. So, well, Pastor, I don't feel like it. I know you don't, neither do I. But we got to praise our way out. You say, Pastor, I ain't got nothing to praise about. Can I ask y'all a question? All y'all saved tonight. How many of y'all know you've been saved? You've been saved by the good grace of God. Well, let me just tell y'all something right now. That'll keep you busy till now, till you die. It will. How many of y'all got a little bit of income coming in? Would y'all be honest? Y'all got a little bit of income coming in? Would you? Then right there's another one. You say, well, Pastor, it ain't what I want. Well, hey, better than nothing. How many of y'all got a car tonight? How many of y'all walking everywhere you go? Anybody walking everywhere you got to go? If y'all, were, if y'all lived in Hinton, West Virginia, man, I mean, I'll never forget it. Dad would take me to school in the mornings. And this is just my dad. I mean, this is just how he was. I mean, I, I was raised right. We'd be driving down the road, and, and I'm not being, I'm just telling you straight up. We had certain guys. I was like, Dad, I said, we pass that guy walking every morning. Uh, I said, <laughs> I can still hear you saying it now. I say, Dad, what, what's he doing? Oh, he said, he's going out there to hold up a street corner. <laughs> I said, what's that mean? I said, oh, that's his job, Mark. I said, what do you mean? He said, no, Mark, he ain't got no job. He's going out there. He's in a hurry to go out there and do nothing and be lazy. Don't know what I'm talking about. And by the way, Summers County, West Virginia is one of the highest percentage counties in all of the world that's dependent upon the government. And then I'm not going to be ugly, but I'm just going to go ahead and reveal a little bit about my dad. We'd also drive out there sometimes. He gets so fresher. He said, well, there's another pillar of society making it out there to hold up a corner. I was like, what do you mean that all? He's going to make a real contribution to society today. He's going to stand out there during a quarter and just check everything out. And get paid for it. I was like, really? They pay? And he's like, no, Mark. They don't pay him for it. He's getting a check. But I say all of that because some of you, you ain't standing on the street corner. And last I look, we all get some food in our bellies. I mean, we got something to praise the Lord. How many of y'all living out in the wilderness tonight in the woods and you're... Crawled up in a cardboard box and you're trying to wrap. Of course, you ain't going to wrap up anything. It's hot. How many of y'all got a roof over your head tonight? It's amazing what praising can do. Hallelujah. Why don't you just tell God about it? He says, not only is you're asking for supplications, you're praying, and you are absolutely interceding on behalf. He said, first of all, I want you to be thankful. When we strive to cultivate a spirit and a heart of gratitude. I'm going to tell you all something right now. Here's what happens. A transformation of character will take place. The reason I brought up the moment ago. All y'all, do y'all want a bunch of bad news tonight? Because I could give it to you. Bunch. I could make it heavy in here. I could make it so thick. That everybody walk out of this building tonight, y'all would walk out of here discouraged. Like, wow, I didn't know all that. 
Can I ask you all a question? Why in the world would I want to do that? But it's amazing. In our personal conversations, I want everybody to really think about, how are you talking? What are you saying? What's your outlook? Are you giving news and giving praises and thanks? By the way, I appreciate the praises tonight because most of the time we think of a prayer service is all requests. I thank God when we get them answered prayers. Amen. It's the outlook of it, church. I mean, if y'all want to tit for tat, well, what do you got to be unthankful for? We could all sit here all night long talking about certain circumstances, but I want to tell y'all something right now. If we just turn that and say, hey, what do we have to be blessed about? What do we have to be thankful for? We'd be here longer. Thanksgiving. So we see absolutely the priority. But now I want you to notice this. The scope of prayer. The priority of prayer. But what about the scope of prayer? And i got to hurry. But verse 2 explains it. Who needs the prayer? Who should we be praying for? And I know we're not going to like this, but for kings. By the way, who was the emperor at that time? Nero. Evil man. One of the most evil men that's ever lived. Ever lived. God said to pray for him. Nero, the emperor. Hey, our president. Our leaders. I mean, by the way, it's the only thing that's going to change your hearts. God. We spend a lot of time complaining, but I wonder how much we spend time praying. God says to pray. He doesn't say to complain. He says to pray. First of all, first of all, after you get that off your chest, then pray. <laughs> he said, first of all. First of all, pray. I tell you right now, and I know this from experience, if I'd first of all pray, I probably wouldn't get it off my chest. <coughs> Y'all with me tonight? Some of you look like I just lost you. God says to pray. What about our enemies? Say, Pastor, I ain't got no enemies. Oh, we got enemies. There's people right now who love for this church to fold up. I'm going to tell you all right now, I know I got some. I got some enemies. They'd love nothing more for failure. I promise you that. Are we praying for them? I'll tell you a true mark of someone that's truly spiritual is you think about somebody that's hurt you and they hurt you on purpose. And you go and tell them, even without them asking you, you tell them, you forgive them. I'll tell you right now, that's a mark of something. It's a mark of spirituality. See, it's easy to pray for our families, but it's a little tougher when we're to pray for our enemies. And people that don't agree with us, that don't look at things like us. But God says, what are you to do first of all? Pray. For the kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and honesty. The scope of prayer, enemies, problem makers. See, it's easy to pray for our family, our loved ones, but God says to pray. Verse 4, 
for all to be saved. I mean, we ought to be just like Brother Schneider. said, so look, what's the purpose of all these ministries here? Honestly, we ought to, is anybody praying for the waters to be stirred? Now, we know that these waters don't save nobody, but I'm going to tell you right now, if the waters are being stirred, we know people are getting saved and are following the Lord in baptism. Amen. When's the last time we prayed for our bus ministry and our children's ministries and every ministry that we have here? We ought to be praying, why? That all people will be saved. That's what we should be praying. Verse 4. How about our leaders? Can I say this to you? And I'm sure Brother Snyder's been a lot of church. I don't know of one pastor today, and I have a bunch of friends. Now, I've not talked to all of them, but the ones I have talked to, I'm going to tell you all right now. They won't tell you this, but they are discouraged because of COVID. I'm telling you. I'm telling you all straight up. They're coming in. they got a smile. They're preaching, they're praying, they're trying, they're not being fakes. But I'm going to tell you all right now, preachers are human too. They're struggling with things, but yet they're trusting the Lord. They're trusting the Lord even when they don't feel like it. So here's my question. We need to be praying for preachers. So the scope of prayer, then we see this, the objective of prayer. What's the objective? We're to pray for the king. Why? That we may lead a good and peaceful life. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all right now. This is this simple. A man and a woman that prays will be a, will be a more peaceful people. They're not going to get all jacked up all over the time. All the way, all the way up like this. Like y'all. I know some of you young people ride them roller coasters. But you know, look. The Christian life should not be the roller coaster life. If we're praying people, I'm going to be honest, it won't, I'm not saying that we're not affected from time to time, but there is a peace there, a peaceable in life. If the Bible says, why should you pray? For kings and of all that are in authority, why? That you, we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty. That's the goal. That's why we want to pray. First of all, the reason we ought to be praying for all of these things in our trouble, how we should behave in prayer, is so we will lead a peaceable life. Now, just stay with me and I'm going to close. But how many of y'all are going to let Joe Biden affect the way you live tomorrow? Really? Is he going to run your day tomorrow? That's your fault. Y'all with me? That's your fault. That's my fault. That I'm allowing. See, if I'm praying, the Bible says the goal that we should be praying and behaving in prayer in our struggles, our storms, our problems, whether external, internal, personal, we are to first of all pray. And the objective of that is that we, you, the prayer, the person praying, the Christian, the church, the pastor, leading a peaceable, peaceable life, living peace with all men. And godliness and honesty. See, that's, that's a blessing. It frees us. When we first of all take everything to prayer, it frees us of the fear. It frees us from the worry. It frees us from the animosity. I've heard my mom say a thousand times, a thousand times, Mark, you just got to pray about it. Mark, you just got to pray about it. Even when you don't want to pray about it, you just pray about it. You just pray about it. You just pray about it. You just pray for him. Even if you don't pray for him. She said, God will start to change your feelings. Just pray for him. Just pray for him. You know what? My mom was more spiritual than what I thought. 
She had Bible for that. Why, Mark? So that you can live a peaceable life. You won't be the one that's full of fear. You won't be the one that won't have peace. You're not the one that's going to be up in turmoil all the time and always harping on something. When we pray. We will respond right when we're facing pressures and evils and trouble. When first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Amen. God, help us. It's easier to talk than to pray, but it's much more powerful to pray than to talk. When we really tap into this thing and realize, by the way, I want you to know something. I, I'm just telling you. I've heard Sarah say it. You know, I, all I have is prayer. She said to me the other day, rubber meets the road. I said, Sarah, you're right. I mean, very few. I mean, just think about it. Now, I want you all to just think about this a minute. And I know some of you understand. But what if that was your son? What if that was your daughter? What do you got? We were talking to the nurse today. And Sarah, the mama, sitting there hurting, she said, she looked at that nurse, she said, I don't know how people go through anything like this without the Lord. I agree. I don't even know why somebody would want to try. But see, God gives us peace. And I've learned this. There's been times I've really not had peace about stuff, and I've struggled. And I've had to make myself pray about it. But have y'all ever done this? The more you pray about it, the better you feel about it. Gives a peace about it, don't he? Well, the objective is what? That we may live a peaceable life. So if y'all want to live in turmoil, then go right ahead. Then just don't pray about it. Just whine about it. God's done giving you the instruction. That's his, that's his instruction. So if I don't feel like praying, well, then go ahead and be miserable. Be full of unrest. Be full of being frustrated. Be full of being a grouch. Y'all know a grouch. Y'all don't know any grouches. How many of y'all might consider yourself a grouch? Would you raise your hand? We've got a few. I'm just surprised y'all raised your hand. Would y'all sign my Bible? I've never known anybody to be honest and say they're a grouch. We had two men in here. I, man, y'all just become big in my eyes. And I'm just going to say this. I know both of you. I don't believe that. But I've been around them. And I mean, look here. Sun can be shining. Wind's blowing. Hey, smells like autumn. Them old, y'all know what's on my mind? The leaves are starting to come down. And the old bucks are chasing. And everything's great. In Chattanooga, and you get around somebody, oh, why have you been thinking about something? No, I ain't been thinking about that at all. I'm thinking about that buck I want to shoot. I'm there right now. Can you? No, I really can't believe that. And I was having a really good day until you reminded me. I'm shocked when people come and say, hey, Pastor, I just want to come in and encourage you today. I want to tell you something. Not everything feels good, but praise God anyway. Come on. That's what he's saying. Even when we don't feel like it. Pray. Why? Because we want to live a peaceable life. You know what God wants us to have? Peace. Y'all like peace? If you like peace, would you stand to your feet? How many of you like to get out at a decent hour?
I preached seven minutes after. But with head bowed and eyes closed, let me just ask you, how many of you feel like the good God of heaven has encouraged you tonight and spoke to your heart? Would you just be honest? Well, then just look. You let him, you tell him about it. Whatever he spoke to you about, say yes to him. If you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, I'm telling you right now, he loves you. He died for you. He raised from the dead for you. He will save you from the guttermost to the uttermost if you'll trust him. If you need help with that, you come and see us tonight. We'll take the Bible and show you how to be saved. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for this simple instruction, Lord. I'm thankful it's so clear, first of all. Nothing else. First of all, this is how we are to behave. This is how we are to respond to when things don't set well with us. Struggles, troubles, problems, sorrows, heartaches. Help us now. We've heard the truth. Now help us to apply it. We'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so good to have the Snyders with us tonight. Of course, all of you know he's the director of BIMI, and we love and appreciate them. Thank you all for being here tonight. God bless all of you. Love all of you. Have a good night.